Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Loud Thoughts with Sadia. And today I have with me a guest, a first-time guest, somebody I've always always wanted to have on a podcast. And for some reason, I was putting it off and it's a new year and I just thought, hey, you know what? Let's get Mifa on the podcast. He's the host of the You and I podcast. But like I like to do, I'm just going to let him introduce himself and tell us a little bit about himself. Hey, Mifa, welcome on the show. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hey, Fadia. Um, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Um, finally, finally, I'm glad to, to be here. Um, my name is Mifa Adejumo. I am a podcaster author her. I like Go that. I'm a podcaster <laughs> author and um, basically I just um, I am a very boring person <laughs> so I think I think that that is like the best introduction I can give myself like um, I'm I'm a very boring person but yeah, I try to have fun by myself so I like that you said author as in that that title just changed the whole time I was like ah uh-uh. ah Give them all, let them know. And please, I don't think you're boring <laughs> because I thought, well, if there was somebody else I needed to lift up the energy on the show, it had to be me first. So please don't come and be saying here that you are boring. No, I beg go. I've already set <laughs> high expectation on that. We're, we're bringing some energy king on here. So, well, I'm really glad to have you on. And you had the audacity to say, finally. Well, I should be the one saying, when will you have, have me on? Because I've been harassing you quite some time now, for quite some time, to have me on your podcast. And I think it's a good place to have you, Abby, to harass you. I have you on my podcast, so I'll harass you right here. Um, and I'm going to be asking you, when are you having me on the You and I podcast? So don't call me and come and be saying, finally, me, I've brought you here for me to harass you and ask when you're going to have me on don't come and turn that whole thing the other way around right now. I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. Please. You're always welcome, my partner. Like, I could even give you a segment for yourself. It's, mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. Like, you could have the Sadia segment of the You and I podcast. I'm, I'm good go- with that. <laughs> you go feel. But hey, I'm really glad to have you on Jokes Aside. As someone that has been speaking a lot about the roads in our system because of course today we're talking about uh, our beloved country Nigeria but in a, in a different light like I like to think of it um, I thought it would be good to look at things from a different perspective if I'm to speak you know we always talk about how our leaders are corrupt how corruption manifests in our society at different levels you know uh, but we we never really talk about our roles in it, if I'm to put it that way. I mean, the susceptibility of citizens, like even the average normal person or a child born today, you know, our susceptibility to these corrupt practices and in turn, how these rots, how these loopholes, how these leakages actually benefits us things like nepotism favoritism rent seeking these are all things that were what used to hearing a lot of times yeah. we look at it on a larger scale on the grander scheme of things and never really bring it down or you know bring it low and just chat about how probably it benefits us so 
first questions or first things first i wanted to ask you this is a confession time now your <laughs> confession time like I, I want to call it have you bribed or what what are those times that you feel like you have benefited from some of these rots facts that um bribing and corruption goes on everywhere uh, well we we're, we're, quite, we're quite sentimental about one another you would favor somebody from your own tribe things like that so mifa have you been guilty in one way or the other please confess your sins now well, it's now I, I don't even think i don't even think it's a confession pastor. i just feel like it's it's almost a, a way of life um mm. I'm going to say this. Um, so the apartment I stay in, uh, I have a landlady, right? My landlady is the chief security officer of the estate I stay in, right? And we have um, security dues we are meant to pay monthly, right? So like, I think once in a month or twice in a month, they shut the gates, right, to the estate. And they just, they sit around and if you have not paid your security due for a period of time, they stop you. You're not going anywhere until you make that payment. Well, a lot of times when they have that roadblock, I, I quite easily step out of my apartment <laughs> because I know fully well that I can just tell my landlady, oh, I'll, I'll give you the money later. And being the CSO and everything. I get a free pass. You know, okay. it, it doesn't even, it doesn't, re it doesn't register as if you're doing anything wrong. It's just the fact that first thing for us, I know that I would pay the money. And most times I forget about it, no, generally. But still, you would expect that in a very moral society, it should be like, oh, this should, if this is not, if you're not letting this person go through, then you should not, it should be the same for everybody. Mm. I think the other day I was thinking about, um, and this was just me thinking randomly. I was thinking about if I had a friend who, like a friend who was really, really rich, and I knew for a fact that this friend is into fraud, like internet fraud and stuff like that. And he called me. I was like, hey, if I was a, I better come this, maybe call one big hotel, like Radisson Blue or something like that. Mm -hmm. Call your Flex to Jerry. And I know for a fact that he's, you know, into this stuff. And I thought to myself, would I try to refuse going and be like, no, I know if you come, you're into fraud, you are doing scammer, you are eating people's money, it's not good, repent, blah, blah, blah. The truth is, I wouldn't do that. The truth is, probably, I'll be like, oh my God, are they call, are they call, are they call. My other woman, sharp, sharp. Boom, I'm there. So it, when you think about it, the thing is, morality makes a lot of sense from afar. We've heard of, you know, scammers and all that. They, they have families who, legit know what they do and you don't see their mothers or fathers berating them and be like why are you scamming people of money mm. the point is a lot of times you consider the background you know people are coming from extreme poverty and then just one person in their family now makes it big a lot of times people don't question those things when it hits close to home it's only for my father he'd be like oh my god hush, hush puppy is a stupid person how can you steal all these people's money. That's wickedness. But the truth is, if you were Hodge Poppy's cousin, you would not give a fuck. So forgive my friend. You would not care. You would probably you'd probably be defending him like, oh no, he's a businessman, you know, he has deals with Gucci and DaVinci and shit like that. You would probably find an excuse for that. And in a way you'll be able to justify it. So it is it is like it has hit eaten into our fabric because a lot of times, our sense of morality 
it's just you know I don't know it's it, it's hypocritical let's just let me just put it that way it's not mm-hmm. it's not because we we are really really wanting to do right it's, it's mostly because at the point we are not really benefiting from it I think I had somebody who said something like the truth is even all those people who are shouting uh oh answers and stuff and being the pioneers and stuff of the movement truth is tomorrow if they were to get if Brari was to invite them and you know what come here be the huge permanent secretary to one or one thing like that just give it a name the truth is a lot of times their conversation will change you know the, the way they were you know the way they were all harsh about it like you know what Brari must go tomorrow be like i know Brari is not really bad but let us you know <laughs> hmm, you know the, the the language changes the semantics and stuff like that because a lot of times we are not able to see past our own noses because mm. you know there are a lot of factors that we might not really really know so yes i have been benefiting even in the bank sometimes i go to the bank because i work for uh, an online university and they pay me in foreign currency so the thing is the fact that they pay me in foreign currency, they don't know how much they pay me. I might be collecting like $100 in foreign currency, but the fact that they pay me in foreign currency, I know the kind of, when I go to the cashier, I know the kind of attention I get from the person who is attending to me as opposed to somebody who comes in just you know, to withdraw the normal, you know, I want to draw my 5K or I want to draw my 100K. I don't know if you get that. Yeah. And you, you, you don't. I, I don't think I've ever been in the situation where I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Please don't treat me different. No, I go in if you tell me. Oh, because oh, I want. I will enter the bank shop. shop. <laughs> so we we don't really pay attention to it until you know we are looking at it from afar and we are looking at it with the eyes of oh man, this person is better off than I am and stuff like that. So yes, I have benefited and I don't know if I will stop benefiting, but <laughs> that's just it. Um. I think, I mean, you, you did raise quite a lot of valid points that I wanted to quickly touch on. And you're absolutely right. Human beings in general, and I don't think this is exclusive to Nigerians, human beings yeah. in general, it's hard to kind of come down from that, your moral high ground that you are standing on True. when a family member or a close friend is involved. I thought about it one day. I just imagined if a close person to me was being publicly accused of something that I have always probably spoken against. And I just tried mm. to imagine what my reaction would be. Sometimes you find yourself in difficult situations. I probably may not be able to speak out if the way I would usually speak out. And that is normal. My biases are coming to play because, of course, this person yeah. is close to me. You wouldn't expect me to come out and publicly shame my friends for doing something but I think for me, the least I would do is definitely not try to defend them. I think that's where people get it. For me, that's how I see it. If you've always been speaking against something and someone close to you does it, how would you react? I, I wouldn't come out to speak. I may not come out to speak against my friend publicly, but I definitely wouldn't come out to defend them because I know in my heart that that, that shit is wrong. Even even aside from that, because we're, I feel like we're beginning to go into another conversation. Um, we I, I had a chat with Isaac Isaac as well uh, from the Road to Thirty podcast. And speaking of Isaac, at some point I thought I was going to have both of you on to come and share experiences as a Nigerian for me on the pod today. But I was like, well, 
not to shade Isaac, but he's half baked Nigerian. He's Zajabo Nigerian. I'm not sure Isaac. Ah, will I mean, <laughs> big boy. <laughs> Isaac will not have some of those um uh Ajekwako, um stories for us or those proper Nigerian stories for us. But I mean, we were talking one day about how one thing I've learned growing up is. No one is inherently evil, if you know what I mean. Even evil people have yeah. the people that they are good to or they're good sure. friends or whatnot. And looking at life in that binary, good or bad way, that black and white way, sometimes is it's flawed. There are nuances in situations that you can't really like. It's hard to place a black role over things. Yeah, definitely. I, I think... I think it's 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 okay to, uh, and I think most people try find it hard to do that. It's okay to to embrace the fact that yes, when when it comes to someone you're close to or someone you know intimately or something, you you tend to you know take their side. Like if if, you, if there's someone you know very closely and they come to accuse them like oh this person is. Uh, let's use the extreme case of saying you know a friend and they say oh your friend is a rapist and stuff like that mm. t- look uh, you might say oh um although you might be you might have been talking about it you know a lot being against rape and all that stuff and then in that moment when they accuse your friend you, it's easy for you to pick up the defense and be like no i know this person but but the thing is sometimes the people you know so much you know their experiences with you could be different from their experiences with other people. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's okay for you to actually come out defending them based on the experience that you have. But then you also have to be open to the fact that you know this person one way doesn't mean you know the person entirely. Mm-hmm. This person who might be loving and caring and uh, everything to you could just as well be a nuisance to the next person and be hateful and you know be be vengeful towards the next person it happens people have mm-hmm. like there's there, there so much to the human personality there's that duality there's even more than the duality some people wake up in the morning and are cheaper and happy and then two minutes later you know their mood changes and stuff like that so so it's, it's i think like you said the nuances of situations is just so so diverse like you mm-hmm. you just can't place your hand on it but then it, i think it is still a very human thing to be judgmental to mm. pick a side to to uh uh to judge and um, to you know to basically just let our bias cover our faces mm. which is what which is what happens a lot in the nigerian space you know mm. in, in terms of how we relate to authorities and stuff like that and it, it, the truth is we are especially in nigeria we're in a society where money rules a lot of things you know if you have money, you can get, you can, you can, as in, get away with so much, which is why so many people are striving for it, which is why everybody wants to have that or side hustle so that you can have more cash. Because you, people know the the worth of what it means to have money. You know, we've seen pe- we've seen banks tell us that okay, we are closing by four p.m. and still somebody with a car, a cargo jeep would walk to that bank by 5.30 and they would open this door for the person and attend to this person while there are hundreds of people outside under the sun queuing because of what, oh, there's COVID and nobody can be let into the bank. People do that shit and we see it. And, you, and the people seeing it are thinking to themselves, oh my God, I wish I have money. So they go and look for that money so that they can have that same influence that they are seeing. And you see people who 
have the influence might not have the influence in the bad situation but when they go to their street they are the or, or god there so and they they wield that same level of influence they still mm. do that top job yeah so it's it's kind of a huge it's kind of like human nature which is why we we ascribe towards power towards money it's just in our nature we like mm. being in control we like we like people looking at us and be like, oh, yes, in reverence. Yeah, I know pe- there are people who like who are humble, but even humility in a way, it's, it's, it's power. Because people see you and say, oh, you're such a humble person, you know, and they always come to you because, oh, this guy, if you go meet this guy, he's a very humble person. In a way, that's already power. But people come to you because of that, like, oh, this guy, I know they, you know, they find trouble. If you, if you meet him, go talk to You already have screen power to yourself one way or the other. So it's like, it's just basically human nature that we are always going to stick these things. It's basically human nature that we'd always want the easy way out. Mm-hmm. If somebody tells you that you, if you pay them a thousand naira, you get ahead of the queue and you have somewhere to be by, say, the next hour. And you know that if you stay in the queue, you probably miss what you have to, where you have to be by the next hour. What would you do? And you have that money. You would obviously pay that money to get ahead of the queue without thinking of those food that came from Yanopaja or Surule for that mm-hmm. same thing. You pay because in your head, it is all about you. People are naturally selfish. We want to mm-hmm. do things for ourselves and those around us. So I, I feel like when, when it comes to, this, to like the Nigerian setting and everything, it's, yes, it, 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 it has eaten deep into our fabric. Mm-hmm. But still, the, the reason why you still have people raising up the concern with you know the the government officials and stuff like that is is because of how they are going about it. It's not it's not that by, by fact that okay they are doing it. Yeah, eventually you have that power. You have to, you you tend to do some stupid stuff, but it's the is the complete neglect that people are always going against. Like yeah. the, the fact that you're doing it as if nobody is watching, and that's where it gets people it just lost people the wrong way. Like you 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 could easily have all the power and money in the world and yet you're still you're still not and they, they, i feel like there should be a little bit of empathy to your mm-hmm. chiefly like like and i know i don't know if it's a thing but right. like you could mm-hmm. it could be a little bit of a robin hood you know you, mm-hmm. you because you're seeing, you're, you're seeing the situation of those that you're trying to of those who supposedly elected you into the position you are mm-hmm. And yet, you don't feel like you can give a little back to them so that their lives can be a little bit better. And it still comes back to that sense of power. Because you know that if their life is a little bit better, maybe the power that they, they are screwed to you will diminish. So you're thinking, why diminish that power? Let them just remain under my thumb. So it's just, basically, it's a power play thing. And you, you find, like, like, I feel like most Nigerians, the reason why we work so hard, because they say our Nigerians work so hard. The reason why most Nigerians work so hard, especially in Nigeria, is to be able to oppress the next person. It's Thank just, you. It's, Thank you. It's just that simple. <laughs> you just used the word. The word I was going to just use, because I was just going to say, immediately you finish, I was just going to say, the word I was going to use is oppression. I feel like yeah. there's just something about the need to show off and oppress another person. And... Sure. Classism infused from oh, from oh it's, it's really deep. it's really you know deep. Like came to my mind, remember I don't know if you saw this picture on Twitter at some point. Um, 
ASP was um this ASP a BDSP Dolapo in Lagos, this Lagos um um yeah, quite yeah. popular policewoman. She was I think yeah. it was she yeah, she was the one. She was standing in front of an elevator and I remember on the elevator or by the door or something, it says ASP and above. And I'm like, like only ASPs <laughs> and above can use the freaking elevator. I mean, yeah. what are we not going to reduce? Like, what what are we not going to infuse classism into? A freaking door? A freaking elevator? And it reminds me yeah, of the yeah. things we will see in our movies, you know, only you can pass here. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Things as natural yeah. as, uh, as simple as a door, an elevator. And it is, is it, it is, yeah, it is. And it's, the funny thing is, it, it is, it is, um, how they call it? It is reaffirmed almost on a daily basis, even with the movies that we put out. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the reason, one of the reasons I stopped, in quote, watching a lot of Nollywood movies is that sense of um, the idea of a good Nollywood movie comes with the idea of affluence. Like the average Nollywood family always has, you know, two cars or very comfortable apartment. And for me, none of this actually reflects the reality of 80% mm-hmm. of the population on Nigeria. So for me, it just feels like you're pandering to those people who you who travel from their abroad and come back and the only places they actually go to is Lekki and whatnot. So mm-hmm. ideally, it's just, is how, I think it's how a lot of us have been raised. Even those of us who so, so, supposedly came from uh, very, not very um, affluent backgrounds. My dad didn't have much. My dad was, I think for a while, he was a, a civil servant before he lost his job. But even that period where he was a civil servant, I still remember vividly some some, some little um, discrimination that I, I, I probably and my circle of friends had towards... Um, there were some kids who were living in that area that, that, so I, that we just, in our head, we just assumed that those areas were for the poor, kind of. You know, and we are not rich. We didn't have anything, but because we stayed in an environment where it looked like it had sort of a structure, we sort of had that in the back of our minds that, oh, we are sort of kind of better than these people. You understand? Mm. And it, it, it only got, you know, I, I think a lot of us are only trying to unlearn some of that right now at this age and stuff like that. Because some of that thing still gets to us. We still get to pass people on the street and there are some people who don't, we don't, look twice at because we feel like mm, what am i looking at this one for there's some people who probably don't greet because they're like mm, what am i greeting this one for so it's those little things and you he, and i think anybody who says they don't have those things or they don't have those biases or those stereotypes would, would probably just be lying to themselves it is very very obvious in a, in a mega city like lagos where the the rich to poor disparity is so so obvious like so so obvious that there's no way you would go and you not see them like, okay, this is just... But what do you want people to do? And that's, that's where me, I, I actually draw the line. Like, what exactly do you want people to do? You, you don't expect the rich of the rich to come down and start being, oh, I'm going to hug every poor person I come out. They, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like, it's not in their, their, their um, how will I put it? It's not in their will to do that. It's not something... And the funny thing is, if they wouldn't do it, Chances are the people will be like, ah, this one on the show. You know, you'll always be something to say about it. No. So I feel like, I feel like where we need to start from would be the idea of, you know, 
on learning so many things and understanding that yes, eventually there will always be that class classism. It's 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 normal. We always have the rich and the poor. But what we're trying to do is at least and what we are always hammering our government is at least make the disparity not so obvious. At, at least give the poor people opportunities as well as much as the rich people are getting. You know, I feel like that's where the, the risk is always coming from. The mm -hmm. fact that the poor people are getting nothing at all and the rich people are just you know, getting everything. And then you think it's fair, which is why a poor man from the local government, the minute he becomes a local government chairman, he leaves the supposed local government he's supposed to be governing and go to stay with the rich and rich of in Lekki and whatnot. Mm. You understand? Because they feel like the minute you're, you need to move up the, the ladder, you know, you don't have to stay with these people. And because everybody will tell you, oh, there are connections there, so if you don't go there, you will not see connections. And nobody wants to come back from being rich or tasting the rich life mm -hmm. to becoming poor again. So you have people who are struggling, who will kill, who will cheat, who will lie just to remain there. So it's 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 a really calamity. Just it's terrible, but it's still. I think it's just basically human nature. Just completely. yeah, yeah. I, I like I like the course this uh, the course this um conversation is taking the course of direction this conversation is taking because um I was going to quickly touch on skipping kill, like you said. You know that's one of the basics for me because if you ask someone one of the few corrupt things they've done as a Nigerian. One or two, well, almost everyone must have actually taken part in maybe paying a bank security guard to skip a queue or paying for one or two projects to be secured in your name and things like that. And I did ask you to confess earlier, but in the in the larger scheme of things, how many of these things are you guilty of? Because I, I, I want to confess, but from... From a because my husband calls me Mrs. Do It Right because I'm some I'm one of those people <laughs> I like to feel <laughs> I like to feel like I do the right thing no matter what and we know we know that the bureaucracy in Nigeria makes it difficult for people to follow due process and we're quite sentimental yeah. as people so I like to sit on my high horse I'm actually one of those people on my moral <laughs> high horse and my moral high ground and stand and be like see. I followed your process. I'm quite, I'm quite conscientious about things. Um, I try and make sure I did the right thing at all times, no matter who's watching and all of that. And honestly, I don't know if it has gotten me anywhere because if you ask me to even think of, <laughs> if you ask me to even think of one thing that I have done and I shouldn't have, even with bank use, I maintain, I'm like, no, no, I don't, like, I, I can't at the top of my head. Not to sound like a self-righteous bitch right now, but at the top of my head, I swear to you, I can't. I, I don't think I can even remember right now. Not that I'm not guilty of it, because I know I have been in some way or the other, but I just can't think of any right now. Any any stories you want to share? Because I, I just want to hear. I, I did a quick, a quick survey on my Insta. And maybe it's my circle of friends as well. A lot of my responses were like, well, no, no. But, you know, I got quite a few people that were guilty as well. They were like, well, I've had to do this. I've had to pay for this. I've had to do that. And I'm like, ah, well, I've not done any yeah, of, some um, of these things. <laughs> so, please, yeah. share some of your stories. I, I just want to hear. Like, I mean, let's talk about these things. I want us to bant about this. 
Yeah, I, I feel. I feel like I said it's. it's it, at, at a point, it becomes uh, becomes almost common practice. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've done. I've done the skipping the queue. I don't think I've really skipped queue though, but I have done that thing where you get into the bank and then um, you know people are paying the cashier, but the fact that you know the cashier or something, mm-hmm. you are able to just slip him your pay slip or something, mm-hmm. and he does to do for you and instead of waiting for maybe 30 minutes or something within 10 minutes he has done what he needs to do for you and he gives you back the receipt or anything and you're, you're off so i have done that one the one i know consciously that i did that i know i had to pay an extra amount was when i was trying to get my um my passport i think that was um that was a few years ago uh I think I I had to pay. I think the actual amount was about I think I don't know about twenty thousand or twenty eight thousand. I've forgotten. But I had to pay. I think I paid fifty thousand for it, hmm. just so that I could get I could get it the next day. And you you know the funny thing about that experience though was the fact that I, I when when I got into the capture room, like I met a few other people who you know with the line progressing, getting into that place. Hmm. When I took my seat, nobody actually complained or raised the voice like, oh, I didn't see this guy on the queue or this, you know, nobody said anything. It's... You know, it, it was, it was, it was, there was no resistance. There was no, ah, sorry, where are you? Where, yeah. where were you on the queue? Because the idea is, I think, I think there are some people, most Nigerians that where they, they, they will be thinking, well, I don't know which minister speaking is, so maybe, yeah. you know, so they, just ask you some kind of reverence to you, like ah, before somebody will confidently walk in, or before somebody will lead somebody in, you know, then maybe yeah, there's right. somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, but the thing is, even in that queue, if if somebody at the back of that queue were to start walking inside and be like, I want to go to the front, they would have shouted at him, Why are you going to? Hey, maintain this queue, maintain this queue. But I came from nowhere and they'd be like, Nobody wants to, ah, uh, you don't know who be this one or something like that. So yeah. nobody showed, nobody showed any resistance. I took the capture and boom. I in my mind I was like, well, you did not pay stay <laughs> so, on the queue. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is you trying to justify your money or the money you spent. Yeah. And that your yeah, story reminds me. Yeah, your story does remind me of my story. I didn't pay extra with passport as well, but I remember it had to be arranged through extra connection but for me to come in earlier than even usual so they captured me oh. like in fact the officers that were capturing me were like oh yeah quickly quickly who who's next i think you know maybe they maybe they paid extra but because i remember only paying 30k so i don't think it was extra extra but you could tell that it wasn't the right way so that's that's one story. Yeah. Because we know how deeply the rot is in the system, we don't we 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 become so used to it. We don't see it as anything really wrong. I think yeah, in a yeah. in a more in a more in a in a better society where things work, it becomes obvious that you're doing the wrong thing because that's not the way other people are doing it. Mm-hmm. But when you are in a society like ours where this is the norm, this is actually the norm. The funny thing is, this, with those extra cash, that is how most of these people who actually are in those offices survive. Because a lot of the times their pay doesn't even cut it. So this mm. money that comes from the side deals and what is what actually keeps them afloat, is what feeds their family. So you think about if when you think about it in the in the general scheme of things, you'll be like, Well, I'm actually feeding somebody's family, so 
It's not really that bad, you know? Because yeah. if you think about it, yeah. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's totally normal. We've completely normalized it, and we've internalized all of these things. That if you don't take part in search, you're not being looked at as odd. If you're not able to find your way, yeah. Situations and scenarios like this, and I'm, it's it's just funny. But I've got I've got hmm. I've got quite a few burning questions that I want to ask. I guess we're never going to find an answer. I get a proper answer to these, but. I just want to know, okay. like, speaking of the uh, politicians who are, you know, the major, major, major corrupt people that we point our fingers at, I want to know who is their script writer? Who is writing the script for the ones that get caught? And then when they get to the court or when it's time to show up in court and they're all sick, like, I beg you not to pass this. <laughs> Who is writing but, those scripts? Uh, but, I mean, isn't it time to are we are we dumb? But it works now. It does work actually. Yeah, I because mean, uh, again, it, 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 when you, when you say are we dumb, it, yes, a lot of us are, and it's not dumb like we don't know what's going mm. on. It's dumb like we, we 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 don't really care, like we don't we don't even have the energy or the strength to start doing any inquisition or anything. People are just trying to get by, like yeah, the minute. You mean they turn off their TV? They are thinking of how am I going to get to work the next day? They're not thinking of oh, this man. I can't believe this man. It becomes a, a mm-hmm. thing of uh, a banter and jokes and be like, oh, this man did this shit. Yeah, people are dumb. at this point. People are just you no, know, they're just looking at it and be like, well, same old, same old. Because I think with experience, people know that there's not much they can do. I, I, I feel like a lot of Nigerians have become so. Uh, I don't know. They have become so, yeah, in a way, in a way, not to sound, um, not to sound nasty towards Insulting, anybody. Yeah. Else, mm. Just becomes to that point where we're just like, is it really worth fighting? You know, is it really worth fighting? Because for the first part, we know that the minute you stand up and say, oh, you know, this is wrong, the same people you are supposedly fighting for, they have people who are loyal. The same poor people. It was we saw it in the NSAS movement. Mm. Was it was not the same poor um Agbero boys that came with Kotlas to chase the NSAS protesters. But these are and these are people that are supposed to, you know, actually be hand in hand with the protesters and say, Well, this country needs to get better. When you think about that, you you, you think you, you don't realize that a lot of people are just tired, you know. They don't even want to try to, you know, understand what's going on. It's just at this point it's just a comedy show for most people like everyone is just, you know, just taking it as it comes. Like, you know what? Well, mm. this is another one. And it's another cycle, another rinse and repeat cycle, and we just let it go because everyone's just about we're all just about our hustle. This is why I maintain that, you know, um, our challenges, most of our challenges will end when our attitude changes, not really um, the law, because to be honest, we have the laws, we have the rules, we have the policies in place. It is us that we're blatantly flouting it, we're blatantly, and the fact that somebody, um, you know, sees 5,000 naira as a huge amount of money um, also stems from the, for me, if you ask me, stems from the whole idea of oppression again um people that are living in that reality of five thousand naira is huge um they have been conditioned and it's kind of like difficult to even look beyond that square look beyond that prism and say maybe there's something bigger 
maybe 5,000 Naira is nothing. Maybe 5,000 Naira is not going to um, benefit me in the long run. So, how do they look beyond that when whatever they are saying mm. is not even promising? Like, you don't, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, they are caught in like sort of like a prison, you know, there's no mm -hmm. doors, there's no windows, and that's the only thing they have. Yes, outside the prison gate might be, um, you know, flourishing and whatnot, but the fact that they are in that place, it's, it's really tough to see past that. It's really tough. It's, it, which yeah. is why a lot of these politicians pull weight when it comes to the grassroots, when it comes to, you know, raising thugs and everything. You see people will be like, ah, why can't you use your child as a thug? Why are you using another mm -hmm. person's child? Dude, that and that person's child has not seen anything to eat for how many days. I wouldn't mm -hmm. think it's a thug role, you know? So it's, it's just, it's just, it's just sad. And again, I do agree yeah. that our, our, our attitude needs to change, but, um, I feel like the, the biggest issue we have is that so many of us who are moving from that place of not being so comfortable to being a little bit comfortable, we're not actually going over with an attitude change. We're going over because we mm. feel like, finally, finally, it's time for I me to start. I don't jackpot. It's time for me to start doing this thing. People get, you know, people get cars and be like, I, I think there was a case recently in my... <laughs> my area where a guy who has been around for a while you know he has been one of those people will be like ah, this one nothing will come up for him or something like that so i think recently he hit it big this good this dude bought a car came into the estate like he didn't stop oh. came into he, he came at the time when he knew there would be poor outside he came into the estate drove his car honk his horn for some of them Turn around and drove out of the house. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> like, you know that kind of <laughs> that kind of savagery. I'm like, oh shit, this is nice, man. So, so, so the truth is, a lot of us moving do not really have that sense. Yeah, we we all claim to have. It. Oh, I'm going to be empathetic, but most times it's just within mm -hmm. our small, within our small circle. The people who want to help or want to touch are within our small circle. You know, who want to. It, it even happens with. <laughs> I don't know if you've okay. This is me. I think I've I've, I've been in this situation a lot, <laughs> where you're people who are in the downfall buses. You'll be in downfall buses. Downfall buses will be moving. Say you are in the window and somebody in their car when they are passing, the way they look at you in the downfall bus, it's not as if they are looking. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, it's almost like they're looking at you like I can't believe you are in the downfall bus. Oh my god. Oh shit. And there's no air condition. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. <laughs> oh god. So it's 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 the little thing. It might not seem like anything. And you see people in that mm -hmm. much thinking, oh my god, I wish I had a car. Like I wish I had an air condition. Why am I even Ah man, once I make money, I must buy a car. And then that person hustles, 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 makes the money, gets his car, and then when he's driving again, he does that thing, he looks at the next person in that like, finally, yeah. finally I'm no longer there. Mm -hmm. And he zooms off. So it's in the little things, and I don't think I think Maybe I hope the next generation might be able to do something, but I don't think a lot of us mm. who are you know, who are in, on the come up sort of are really having that idea change. A lot of us say it, we claim it that oh oh I want to do better than oh our presenters, but the truth is a lot of us are just we want to go to, get to that place where we are comfortable, where the next person to us is comfortable, you know, where our family members mm. are also comfortable. 
But then once we are there, we just everything else, everybody else, you know, needs to hustle for themselves. So there's no sense of mm-hmm. community. It's just every man for himself and you know, God for all of us kind of thing. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. And uh, the point I was trying to get to earlier, I think was um I, I, I think you've summarized it quite quite brilliantly. Uh was it's just the fact that I feel that poverty has been weaponized if, if you get what i mean Definitely. so we need to actually create that dichotomy and actually maintain it and be like see we need those people down there and we need them to maintain remain down there uh, we can't empower them we can't emp- afford to empower them we can't afford to um, make them realize that they can be better because we need Definitely. them so it, it's it that that disconnect has to keep happening. That difference, the the disparity has to be that clear. And yeah. I don't know if we're ever gonna get out of that. That that that. And and if you're being honest, I don't think I don't think a lot of us want to get out of it. I think a lot of us mm-hmm. want to at least, um, you know, have a taste of what that power feels like. You know. Mm-hmm. A lot of- on, we want that's you hear a lot of people like ah, I want to make money. I want to make money. That's that's the motivating factor. We, we want yeah. to take that money to at least see how it feels to have that power. Mm. See, how, see how it feels to walk into a restaurant where everybody just look at you and all like oh wow this man oh wow you know as opposed to walking in and everybody like eh, with this one you know so I I feel like it stems from a place of yes I I agree people. And you definitely, as a human being, you have to be selfish. You want to do things for yourself. But mm-hmm. as as eating so deep into our community that there is no sense of selflessness in the right way. Like people are only being selfless these days because they feel like they will get something at the end, mm-hmm. or, or they are trying to make and get to an angle or something like that. But the real selflessness, where you're just out there trying to, or you're just trying to be kind to the next person. It's kind of like a lost one. Not every, not, not most people are doing it. People are just, you know, everybody's playing to the gallery now. You know, everybody wants to, mm. wants to seem kind. Everybody wants to tell you that, oh, I'm helping my my um, younger siblings with their school fees. You know, and you're, you're saying it like, how how that take concern of shouldn't you actually help them with school fees? Or you're saying, oh, I gave my friend uh, money to invest in the business. How is that our problem? Like, you should be able to do those things and not really need anybody to come and, you know, double it for you. I'm like, oh my God, I can't mm. believe you're like the kindest person in the world. Oh my God, can you even be any kinder? You know, and people, I feel like people are actually chasing the high of getting some sort of validation for their kindness that people are no longer being kind for just kindness. And it's, it's so. Yeah, deep down, we don't really want the change that we're clamoring for. Because nope. if things change, if these um, dynamics change, uh, then maids will no longer be cheap to get. Labor will no yeah. longer be cheap to get. Yeah. And um, you're not going to be worshipped the way you used to be worshipped to Definitely. say, hey, man, I'm does all of this, my this. Yeah, thing. people want to be worshipped. People like to be worshipped. Everybody wants to, mm. you know, everybody wants somebody that will be able to clean their feet and be like, oh, it, it, it even boils down to the whole thing about respect. You know, why mm. people you find some, some older people who are so keen on you greeting them. You know, you pass in the money and be like, ah, so these are not the goods. Like, at the end of the day, no, everybody must not greet you, but that doesn't mean they hate you or anything. Mm-hmm. Just, some people yeah. feel like it, some people don't feel like it. 
But people feel like, oh man, if you don't do that for them, they, I, I feel like a lot of people have attached their sense of worth to respect okay. or yeah. so it's just if they don't have that they don't feel like they have something so everybody's just mm-hmm. chasing it and it's just it's really sad yeah i totally understand and i've loved 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 having this conversation with you um before we sign out do you have any burning questions well i'm calling it burning questions i don't know what else to term it as but do you have any other burning questions because i do and my next one goes to Nigerian vendors, please, <laughs> why don't you do, as in, <laughs> if my friends listen to this episode, if my if any of my friends listen to this episode, my close friends, they know what, what I'm talking about. First, I have suffered in the hands of Nigerian <laughs> vendors and uh, tailors because Omo, I rarely wear um, natives and the few times I have, so, these tailors have messed me up. But vendors, online vendors specifically, well, I'm just going to leave that because I have so many questions, but why don't you do refunds? Why don't you do refunds? I mean, there's context to everything. I'm not saying food sellers should be doing refunds, but if you're selling wearables, if I contact you and I say, ha, the um, trouser that I bought from you is not my size. Can I change it to another size or can I get my money back? Please, What's the problem with that? Because I don't understand. Are we doing this um, money don't enter? I know the commod style, or what is it like? I, I don't, I don't understand why Nigerian vendors don't. Oh well, some Nigerian vendors don't do refunds. Like why, why refunds or exchanges? Why? I, 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 I think it's still, it's still, in a way, it still ties down to the kind of society we are in. To be honest, um, the truth is. If, if we're being very, very honest, if, if, if you have a vendor and say someone like, uh, Ote Dollar, you know, uh, tell me Ote Dollar size, you know what, I'm going to shop at your store and then get mm-hmm. something for herself. And then the something she gets does not fit her and she tells you, Hey, I got this and this does not fit me. Do you think they will not do a refund for her or do you think they will not change it? Um, um, they will. They will definitely <laughs> before, before she even mentions um I need a change, they have brought chances that they won't give her like five to choose from. You know, choose anyone, madam, and when you are done, send the restaurant back, you know. So but but, but it comes to that, it, it boils down to that point of wielding power. When when you see somebody that you know the person cannot really oppress you or you know, and some people some brands are they feel like they are so big like the the average joke cannot just come there and defame them, you know, because they have mm. so, many, so many clouds already, you know. So if somebody randomly for one corner of Nigeria says, ah, this vendor did not refund my money, they have like five rich people that say, well, this man has been doing a good job. So they'll take you like, ah, this man is just a hater or something. This one that is, you know. I was just going to say, I really even didn't want to think it that deep. Do you understand? Like, customer service, <laughs> basic customer service should let you know the heart. Nin- nin- but but, but nin- Nigerians, you- a, lo- a lot of Nigerians with, with um, sole proprietor businesses sort of do not have good customer services now. Because Nigerians like, Nigerians like to shout now. First and foremost, they don't like they don't like paying for good labor. They don't like paying for good labor. Everything they need is cheap labor, and that is what that that is what fosters the market because so many of them just want to do. You know, they just want the profit basically. They don't want anything mm. more. 
and and they feel like you know ah they will tell you ah if I ref- the money for refund you know they dispatch and everything but still they a lot of them are, are kind of short sighted you know they don't look towards the oh I'm I'm actually building a good customer rep- um relationship mm-hmm. and fashion you know so they don't look beyond that and funny enough this is where it actually hurts most that a lot of the vendors that would claim not to do refunds are not actually very big vendors like it's not actually the mega vendors that would say most times it's all those you know people that are trying to help you're like i'm trying to help oh mifa i swear the number of times <laughs> i've suffered I swear, the number of times I've suffered in the hand of vendors is from people I'm trying to support. Like, uh, I'm trying to help your business. Like... Look, <laughs> I swear, I'm, I'm really not trying to come off as shady, but you understand, the, the number of times I have suffered with vendors, there are literally people that I went to and I was like, ah, well, well, you know, there was a time, go, buy Naira to grow Naira and, you know, support yeah. local businesses. I was, I'm really all for that. But I swear <laughs> to you, some of those people have suffered me. I swear. It's really frustrating because you're looking at this person like, you should know better, you know, you should do better. Mm-hmm. Like, this, you're, you're just starting up. You should be able to, you know, uh, and again, to their defense, a lot of times, there are some people who become unreasonable when they're making yeah, some demands yeah. in their defense. So a lot of times, it's not really them. Most times, maybe you caught them on a bad day, on a day where mm. there's just one person who is being unreasonable with so many things like, you ask for this, they are sending it. Then next minute, they are saying, "Oh, but I did not ask for this." You know, there are people like that, and people like that that do these things to a lot of these small businesses, and it can be very frustrating. At the end of the day, I put it on myself. I blame myself. I'm like, it's me. It's me that Coco did not have the money to patronize a high-end vendor. So yeah, that's why I'm so all of it. So now I made up my mind. If I have money. I'll go to where they will not give me headache because Lord knows I'm not down for that again. And I sold I sold turbans for quite some time, Bam. And oh. I remember this lady, she called me, she liked one she saw with my friend, and she was like, you know what, I want to buy turbans. And at the end of the day, she bought like almost 15K worth or so, I think 12K worth. And, and I know initially, she was asking me the fabric type, and she mentioned that she sweats a lot, she's on uh, low cut, so... But she would really like to be able to use turbans as well sometimes. And when she got them, she actually called me back to say, hey, look, I like these, but I didn't know that this is the um, fabric type uh, because she sweat a lot. And I remember that was one of the first things she said to me. Uh-huh. I immediately, I said, madam, please eh, just return them all. At the end of the day, she ended up picking only one. I felt pains, mm-hmm. you know, imagine having sold something of um, yeah. 12K yeah. and she had to return maybe like, 10k or 11k worth and i was like she picked one really little one that was like okay for her but i know abby i knew deep down in my heart that well she would know that she got a good service for me and i wasn't trying to force because imagine if i insisted that no too late because this had already been delivered and everything imagine if i said no no exchange no return because it doesn't make sense. I would rather you be happy with my service and you come back and you recommend other people than you remember me for that bitch-ass uh, <laughs> vendor that, you know, refused to, to, to but, return. Yeah, like, like, return. like you said, like you said, for wearables, I think uh, no refund doesn't make any sense. Like, exactly. What if you're talking about food? Anyways, hey, mm, I, understand. Hey, I mean... You know, that's... 
But then, if you're doing food kind of vendor thing, then you should make sure you're not even making mistakes to start with. That's why you need mm. to ask for confirmation again and again. What do you want? I remember somebody delivered mm. something to me, an edible to me, and I was like, "Why well, I asked for fried there. Why are you putting potato? You know, <laughs> ah, sorry, it was a mistake. I, I, I hate that shit. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> so, it's a lie. I, I feel like sometimes they, they don't they don't take that extra caution and that's what really messes them up. So. And did we did we reach a consensus at the start of our nation to like not be able to openly tell people our ages? Because it's usually baffling when I'm like when I'm, I'm somebody's been asked their age and they're like, I'm sorry, no, I'm twenty something. I'm like, God damn it, nobody's gonna eat your age. I feel like I feel like I feel like it stems from it stems from how people judge um your your kind of your life achievements because of your age so people look at you and like how old are you and you're like uh i'm 28 and they'll now look at you like "Ah, 28 no moto no house Mm. well yeah again so uh, so there's that and then there's this whole thing of i think ladies do this a lot where like you don't you're not supposed to ask a woman's age i'm like the fuck what am i not supposed to ask you who are you because at the end of the day i think I feel like I should. I feel like men should be encouraged to ask age more because you don't, especially when you're trying to toast a woman or something. You don't want to start mm. toasting someone on that age because they appear to look really mature and stuff like that. Mm. So again, and we know that people lie about their age and stuff like that. I still don't understand that one because for <laughs> for some reason people would just generally want to lie about that. I don't. I don't understand why you want to lie about your age because. It doesn't make any sense to me. Just say your age. If you're too old, you're too old. If you're if you're too young, you're too young. Yeah, nobody's going to beat you. And if somebody fancies you, besides, somebody really fancies you, basically, chances are your age might really not matter to them. You know. But then, mm. that society that also gives credence to that age thing. You know, I've mm. I've met I've met a lady. We're vibing like we're vibing really good. She was cool and everything. And then I think the age discussion came about and she discovered that she was like two years older than me and boom. Um, it just felt like... Everything changed. And I'm like, I really don't care about this shit. Like, at the end of the day, I still sound mm. more you, but what the fuck are you doing? Like, why, why, are you, why, are you taking, why are you taking this like a huge deal? Like, what are you like, ah, no, no. I, I still have a friend who tells me to today that ah, I cannot marry somebody that I'm older than. And I'm like, well... I used to marry, you're still very single now, so what is the point? You know, but our society kind of values those stuff, you know, our society kind of mm. puts pressure on that. Oh, uh, the truth is, if, if I were to take, say, a 38-year-old woman to my mother now, she would raise an eyebrow, that's the truth. She's going to be like, ah, mm. no matter how I tell her, man, this woman is the love of my life, and she, she will raise an eyebrow and be like, ah, no. And so it stems it stems from the grassroots. You just have those those very useless notions that okay, you know what this mm. is. Some of us are yeah, a lot of us are actually guilty of some of these true, stereotypes true. and all this unnecessary profi- profiling that we do. Yeah, and as as the kind of society that we are in again, I feel like sometimes somebody wants to know your age, what you do, so they know the kind of respect to ascribe to you. Do you get what I mean? Definitely, so, it happens a lot. Mm, mm, a lot a lot people want to people want to know it uh, let me even drop this now because since we are doing this <laughs> it also happens 
this whole um the way you dress is the way you are dressed thing mm. yeah that for me is a huge one it's a huge <laughs> one because the reason I, I know I'm saying this from a place of bias because I hate dressing up for shit <laughs> but, but it, the, the point I'm trying to get at is this whole thing of oh your first impression and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. I know people who could you know wear the dopest of outfit and still not have any cash in their account balance and shit like that and these are the people people encourage us oh this is how you're supposed to appear and stuff like that and then we mm-hmm. see somebody who does not really take no does not not really as if they are not taking care of themselves but you know just want to wear sweatshirt and a t-shirt and stuff and go about their business and we're like mm, no this kind of person so for me i feel like we kind of have those stereotypes that we just think like mm. should serve as the ideal man you know i, I know i know yeah. facts that i think um i had i had this experience like last year where um you know okay, I, I think you are aware of it when i did the whole um blind date thing with dolani badge yeah 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 it, it, ah, it yeah, is based now it, oh, it's a, wait, it's basically record? the same thing you know it's basically the same for thing the so if, if um, i just before you go on the record i just want to say the truth is if i had gone to that event looking way different if i had gone there say with uh you know in my corporate attire mm-hmm. five, you know with my bling watch you know on display maybe have like a few ear airports in my ears some in my nose or wherever you put airports and i just go there and you know maybe i did that thing where i made sure that she saw me driving mm. you know and then i park my car and then i'm I'm seated in like, because we had to sit in the like waiting room and then waited for them to set up before we started doing it maybe while i'm waiting i called the waiter ordered a very expensive drink for myself so those mm. kind of things definitely our reaction would have been different because ideally that that would have been the kind of person she would probably be more you know attuned to like oh mm. this person you know holds their own but she reacted differently to me because you know in her mind this is not the kind of person i would think is uh is uh as a description of success as it were mm. or a description of my idea of success and i I don't yeah. fault that for it because I feel all of us have that bias about success and everything. We mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. I would have the kind of girls I'll probably look at and be like, "Yes, this is who I want." And then there are girls I might see and be like, "Ah, no, no, no." But I don't really know about those girls. I'm saying, "No, no, no." They probably might be better than who I'm looking at. But in my head, this person meets what I feel like is the ideal. So it's it, it just a very, you know. <laughs> It, it, it's deep into the fabric. Mm. Yeah. I understand. Mm. I tot- I totally understand. Yeah. I was just trying to make it clear for the record that I'd be supporter. And <laughs> where were you when I was sharing? I was sharing my top five podcast on Spotify. Your podcast was one of my top five, Mifa. So uh, where, where were you? I I let you know that I I, I they follow. I'd be full time supporter of the podcast. So this is me bringing it out there, making it known again on my own podcast that I'd be supporter of the Unite podcast. And yes, Mifa had a blind date with Tolani Badge from Big Brother, and the video is on YouTube. Um, funny video. It was organized by 
well, it's a funny movie. It's organized <laughs> by the Pauls. So if you want to go and watch that to get a proper context, yes. Um, the video is is on YouTube. Talani Badge and Bifa. I don't know what it's titled, but I'm pretty sure if you do some searching Oh, Paul Stangle. Okay. Because oh, yeah. I watched that video and I totally get what you mean. But, you know, we're not going to yeah. get into much of that conversation today. If anybody wants a proper context, you can always go back to YouTube to get the video. Um, Mifa, thank you so, 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 so much. I've loved, loved, loved having this chat with you. I feel like we could go on, on, and on, and on. Uh, definitely. But... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have to draw the curtains here and I've loved having you on. I hope to have you back on again some other time. And um is there any last messages, any other thing you want to chip in before we just say bye to our listeners? Well, um, thank you guys for listening. It's a, again it's a huge honor to be on um this podcast. Uh finally, finally, and I'm proud of they, they invited me finally you know after waiting for how many years so i hope you guys enjoyed <laughs> it um i hope there was no much rambling because i think i was rambling a lot i like i said i'm a boring person so boring people tend to ramble a lot so um we... thank you guys for listening <laughs> and for giving me the opportunity to be on an amazing podcast like on cds and so Oh, Mifa, that's so kind of you. I'm, I'm, I'm yes, going to believe you meant everything you said. Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mifa, please tell us your book. Um, yeah. Mifa is an so author, for, like we said. And we for, managed, mm. Yeah, for those in Nigeria, unfortunately, it's not yet available for those outside of Nigeria. But basically, in Nigeria, you can get it on bookpedlers.ng or you can get it directly from me, which would cost more, I think. Because I think no, it's the same price basically. Three thousand now, very cheap something, and very. And this is me tooting my own horn. It's a very enjoyable book, and I think once you get it, you would enjoy it as well. So, the title of me first book is Happy, and I haven't read it, so I'm not gonna lie because I haven't bought it. So confession time. But <laughs> you know, Mifa um, is an amazing person, and I have no doubt that um, he has written us a lovely book. And if you're in Nigeria, it's called um, Heartbeat and it's 3,000 Naira. And I'm pretty sure it can be delivered to you anywhere you are. So, thank you so much, Mifa. Uh, yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank uh, you, I loved doing this with you. And um, I guess we'll, we'll catch up some other time and uh, we'll say bye for now. Yeah, take care.